Despite the Trudeau government claiming record-level immigration targets are helping alleviate the housing crisis, the construction sector in Canada is grappling with a severe labour shortage. Ahead of Remembrance Day, Saskatchewan is promising to pass a law to prevent poppy bans. A York University professor is refusing to teach because the university condemned the terrorist group Hamas. Hello Canada, it's Tuesday, October 31st, and this is True North's Daily Brief. I'm Cosman Georgia. And I'm Noah Jarvis. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. A recent report from Statistics Canada shows that the construction sector in Canada is grappling with a severe labour shortage that outpaces other sectors, contradicting claims made by Liberal Immigration Minister Mark Miller that record-level immigration targets are helping alleviate the housing crisis. The study released on October 25, 2023 titled A Toolkit for Understanding Housing Supply by Analyst Florian Mineris and Radu Andre Parvulescu reveals that the construction industry has witnessed a more rapid increase in job vacancy rates compared to the rest of the economy. The report reads, quote, while labor shortages affect all sectors, the job vacancy rate rose more in the construction sector than in the rest of the economy. In August, Miller asserted that new skilled immigrants are essential for addressing Canada's housing crisis and that the federal government would not revise its immigration targets despite public pushback. Officially, Canada is set to let in nearly 530,000 new permanent residents in 2023, Additionally, the Liberal government expects 900,000 international students in Canada this year and is expected to let in more foreign workers than the 135,000 it let in last year. So Noah, I stumbled upon this report the other day. It was published last week, kind of quietly released, and it totally contradicts what Immigration Minister Mark Miller says. And the general claim is that We're letting in new immigrants who are helping us build the houses we need. But that doesn't seem the case. Construction jobs are facing job vacancy levels that don't necessarily back up Miller's claim. If these immigrants were actually going into construction jobs and building the homes that Canadians need, then we wouldn't see such a shortage. I don't know if you saw, Noah, but there was a poll that came out yesterday that shows that Nearly half of Canadians now think that we are letting in too many immigrants, and that's quite a growth compared to last year, where I think it was under 30%. Are Canadians starting to turn around on their acceptance to uh, more immigrants due to the Liberal government's aggressive push for you know 500,000 new people every year? I think so, Cosman. I mean, the Liberal government, they have been pushing up our immigration numbers as a matter of ideological conviction. To them, uh, increasing immigration numbers is not just a matter of economic necessity or helping the country out in a broad general sense, but instead pushing up immigration numbers is a matter to be morally proud of. And quite frankly, uh, when it comes to economic necessity, the immigrants that we are bringing in 
are not filling the sort of jobs that we need them to fill. I mean, a lot of the time immigrants are coming to Canada to work white collar jobs that Canadians in Canada don't want to work. I mean, there's been a massive push away from uh, the skilled trades and towards sort of university education, which has been causing a gap in the construction industry. And these immigrants that are coming to Canada are instead going to our universities, taking up spots that Canadians could uh, be having to uh, gain a university education and are not going into the construction industry. Well, I think it's a matter of which numbers specifically you look at because the Bank of Canada came out recently and claimed that, in fact, the uh, population growth of Canada, which is largely driven by the increased immigration levels, actually contributed to a reduced job vacancy rate. But when you look at specific sectors, the kind of jobs that new immigrants are taking are essentially a majority of uh, service jobs or jobs in, in healthcare, like uh, you know being personal support workers and whatnot. But I think the brunt of the jobs are things like you know minimum wage workers at Tim Hortons or they're becoming uh, Uber or Skip delivery drivers. And how many Uber and Skip drivers does the Canadian economy need? I, of course, they can claim that, look, these numbers are getting better. The statistics, the job vacancy rate at large is getting smaller. But does this actually address the fundamental economic issues when it comes to the housing crisis, especially from a demand end? It's not. We have a shortage of housing. I mean, uh, often cited statistic is that Canada has the lowest amount of houses uh, per person in the G7. Uh, and that is because we are bringing in so many people and we are not building the houses needed to store these people. If immigrants aren't coming in and building the houses necessary and Canadians and uh, native born Canadians aren't entering the construction uh, industry either, then where are we supposed to be housing the, the new Canadians and Canadians who are coming of age who are looking to buy their first home? The government of Saskatchewan has announced its intention to introduce a new piece of legislation aimed at safeguarding the rights of workers to display a poppy on Remembrance Day. The proposed Saskatchewan Remembrance Day Freedom Act would prescribe employers from enforcing regulations that prohibit their employees from donning the emblem in tribute to Canada's veterans. Premier Scott Moe expressed that the government's decision to take action stemmed from grievances voiced by certain employees, including those in the public sector, who are not permitted to wear a poppy at their workplaces. However, specific employers or industries were not disclosed. The government aims to pass the bill within the current legislative session and obtain royal assent before November 11th. However, Mo acknowledged uncertainty when regarding the consequences for employers who violate the law. Saskatchewan is emulating the example set by Ontario, which modified its Remembrance Week Act in 2021. The law ensures that every employee can wear a poppy, except when doing so might pose a risk or danger to themselves or others. So, Cosman, in light of the left's attacks on Canadian history and the denigrating of Canadian veterans, uh, do you believe that this bill is going to encourage more Canadians, specifically more Saskatchewanians, to wear a poppy? You know, I'm not sure it will affect 
the number of people who wear a poppy, but I think this bill, uh, this piece of legislature, is largely meant to send a message, right, to businesses that are perhaps thinking that they don't want to have their employees don a poppy uh, during Remembrance Day or the you know, weeks that lead up to Remembrance Day. And I'm not sure for what reason any employer would do that. Maybe they think it, you know, violates their uniform code or whatnot. But I suspect there won't be very many offenders. But the purpose behind such a law is just to be symbolic and send a message that in the province of Saskatchewan, it is not acceptable to prevent people from celebrating veterans. And We've seen this before. There have been cases uh, of pushback against Remembrance Day. I don't know if you recall, but years ago in British Columbia, in the uh, city of Victoria, there was a big scandal because one of the councillors wanted to force Veterans Affairs to pay for Remembrance Day ceremonies in Victoria, and there was this huge backlash. So I do think it definitely pops up time and time again with certain politicians who are left-leaning and progressives, but also in places like academia. You're right, Cosman. And I also think that this piece of legislation is more of a preventative measure. measure. I mean, the left in in recent years has become increasingly hostile to Canadian history and the symbols that represent Canadian history. And one of the most important symbols of Canadian history is the poppy, which represents the soldiers that have gone to die uh, in wars to protect Canadian democracy and freedom. And it is a show of respect to the veterans and just to the families of those who have served in conflicts and who have get, paid the ultimate price uh, for Canadian freedom. So I, I think it is very encouraging that we see uh, Premier Scott Moe uh, doing, uh, passing this piece of legislation in order to safeguard important Canadian symbols. An instructor at York University is refusing to lead social justice seminars she's being paid to teach, citing the ongoing conflict between Israel and Hamas. In a mass email on October 18th, Dina Zaid Akilani, a PhD student leading a cohort of undergraduate students in the full-year course, Prospects and Perils of Globalization in a Social Justice Context, wrote, quote, I'm sure you have all been following the news about what is happening in Palestine between the occupier, that is Israel, and the occupied, that is Palestinians. Over the past 10 days, York University, following the footsteps of the Canadian government, has spared no effort in condemning the acts of resistance by Hamas militants against Israel's ongoing and violent occupation and apartheid regime. Al-Khilani's email addressed to the beautiful minds enrolled in the course went on to rationalize the Palestinian terrorist group's brutal attack that has claimed the lives of over a thousand innocent civilians. Before signing off, Al-Khilani shared a quote accusing Israel of being, quote, 1,000 times worse than Hamas. Less than a week earlier, three influential Campus clubs, the York Federation of Students, York University Graduate Students Association, and Glendon College Student Union released a joint statement denouncing, quote, so-called Israel and euphemizing Hamas's butchery of children, pregnant women, and elderly as, quote, a strong act of resistance. 
None of these student groups have removed the controversial posts from their social media accounts as of October 24th. Neither York University, Al-Khulani, nor her faculty supervisor responded to True North's repeated request for comment. Now, Noah, you're in university. You're in the post-secondary phase of your life. I don't know about you, but when I first read the course title of uh, Prospects and Perils of Globalization in a Social Justice Context, I wasn't surprised by this uh, PhD student's views because it's almost predictable by now. We know that academia has been a hotbed for some of the support uh, we've seen for Hamas. But what has been your perspective on the ground on campus? Well, I actually attend uh, York University, so this is potentially a professor that I could uh, have. And, uh, you know, as you said, you know, just reading the uh, course title, yeah, I could definitely tell that you know, someone uh, who's teaching this course would be of these perspectives. And but the fact is uh, that at York specifically, I believe that, you know, just pro Hamas sentiment and anti-Semitism runs very deep. I mean, the York Federation of Students, which is the undergraduate student union, uh, I believe that all undergraduate students are forced to pay uh, dues to the York Federation of Students. They released a rabidly, I'd say, anti-Semitic, at least a pro-Hamas statement that they refuse to uh, they refuse to repeal. I mean, uh, these uh, the board members of the YFS were demanded to retract the statement. They decided not to retract the statement, and then they were told that they had to resign. They're deciding not to resign, and they are acquiring a lawyer in order to fight this so we'll see how that goes but it just goes to show that the sen- the sentiment on campus towards Israel towards Jewish students isn't very positive i've spoken to a number of Jewish students who feel that they are threatened on campus and that they are no longer safe or don't feel as safe as they did uh, just a month ago at front of York University there is almost daily protests in support of Palestine, where you have speakers on megaphones talking about the liberation of Palestine from river to sea, which is a genocidal chant, if you know the context behind that. So it, it, it is very concerning that York University professors, many of them, share these sort of views, but they are a bit less vocal about it. And it's concerning that uh, York University administration hasn't really taken action against Al-Khulani. That's it for today, folks. Don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. Plus, The Andrew Lawton Show will be live at 1 p.m. Eastern Time today. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to share our work with your friends and neighbors. And if you're able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news. 